Hello, my friends. Recently, I have found myself so fascinated with the conversation of twin flames and soulmates. And that led me to sharing on my Instagram that I was interested in learning more, which led me to a whole bunch of recommendations from my tribe asking to get on Phil Good. Now, I would say for the past three months or so, I have had this person Phil's name pop up in my life, whether it be on Instagram or Facebook, people just saying, check out Phil Good. And it all happened at once. It all happened over the course of three, two or three months where I kept getting recommended to check out his work. Finally, I started diving deep into his archives and his videos and his posts on Instagram and just how he how he shares his messages, not just on Twin Flames. Yes, that's what really opened up the path to me discovering him, but on so much more. He speaks about body image in this episode. We talk about all things being connected. We talk about time just being a concept. We talk about kundalini awakenings. We talk about uh, mental institutions. We talk about soulmates, uh, karmic relations. We go all across the board. I honestly, I would say that this is one of those episodes that brings me back to my simple truth of loving interviewing. I, I love interviewing in general. It's so much fun. But there are certain people, there are certain guests, there are certain conversations and topics that really bring me back to my love for this. And this was one of those conversations. My love for doing this podcast show, conversations, my love for people, I feel it so much right now because we had this delicious, divine uh, conversation this morning. Um, Just had some amazing food here in LA. Now that I'm here with my boyfriend, we're enjoying it. And now I'm just, I've been absorbed absorbing this conversation, marinating in it, sitting with it. And I am so excited to send this interview out into the world for all of you to hear. So with all that said, who is Phil? Phil was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. In 2006, he came to the U.S. to pursue his dreams as as a singer in the music industry. Shortly after moving, a series of events led him and others to believe that he was bipolar. After years of being hospitalized, years. He had given up hope as nothing seemed to be improving. In 2011, he decided to try meditation. Within five minutes, he had a spontaneous kundalini awakening. Five minutes, y'all. He spent years in the desert fostering his psychic abilities. In 2013, he was equipped to start assisting others with their ascension process. Today, with the use of Instagram, which is at philgoodlife, He is able to reach a wide audience and works with people at a global scale. I I really can't say too much about this episode just the beginning because this is something you need to hear, you need to experience. And what I will say is I highly recommend, really, really, really recommend that this is one of those episodes out of all the episodes I have. This is one of those episodes that you want to be pretty centered as you listen to this. You don't want to have too many distractions going on. So I encourage you not to be instagramming looking at your phone texting um maybe not even driving like i would say at the most take a walk as you listen to this this is an episode that would probably be fantastic as you take a walk through nature and just do something that feels meditative as you listen 
something very grounding because we're going to be talking about some very big topics that deserve all of your attention really so I am so excited to put this put this out into the world if you want to uh, as always get a free 30-day audible trial you can go on over to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings you will get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial of audible and I am a total fan of audible I think it's a great way to absorb information obviously I'm all about being an auditory uh consumer I love listening to things and that's one of my favorite ways to consume so if you are into that I will make sure I have a link to that on the show notes for this episode maddiemoon.com slash phil dash good and without any more delay let's go head on over for episode 227 of the mind body musings podcast with the one the only phil good You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Welcome to the podcast, Phil. This is such an honor to have you on, and I have been absolutely soaking up your YouTube channel and <laughs> your Instagram videos. And one of the things that I noticed is the way that you the way that you connect with your audience, even whenever mm -hmm. we are not in the room with you, like like even your eyes, the way you are looking into the camera and the way that you're feeling and reading people's energies, it's mm -hmm. so fascinating. You are definitely just one of a kind, Phil. Thank you so much, Madeline. That means a lot, you know, and, and yeah, I like to connect with people at a personal level. I have an ability to remote view. So I'm constantly in, in practice mode, if you will. Um, I consider myself to be an apprentice of all these other beings who are guiding me and teaching me how to utilize my, my stargate, which is my pineal gland, my third eye to go in and, and astral travel and look at people or go into rooms or I know that sounds a little crazy um, uh, or a little scary, but it's really not. It's not spooky at all. If anything, it's it's great because then I can connect with people's personal harmonic signatures um, directly. Okay. I love all these words you use because I never hear these <laughs> words. And also something that I, I, I just want to recognize you for is, so I do a lot of coaching and do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. And um, people, one of their biggest concerns I hear very often is what will people think if I, if I start talking about spirituality, will they think that I'm weird? What if I start talking about the universe? Like even those words that are feel pretty baseline to us probably, cause we use them on a regular basis. And yeah. you are like 10 million steps beyond that of talking about 
intergalactic and quantum and dimensions <laughs> and like you own it you do it it's your gift obviously it's like once you reach this certain point you just can't keep denying it and I want right. to get into your story because I'm sure that ties in exactly into what I'm saying there but it, you just so own it so I think for anyone who's really struggling with listening to their intuition calling mm -hmm. them into this spiritual realm because it feels odd to their family or it feels odd to the place that they grew up in. Like you're a great example of that, of just totally claiming yeah. that and then moving into it with full force. Oh, thank you. Yeah, a lot of people are awakening now and this is happening at critical mass. So there are star seeds. I don't know if you've heard of the word star seeds, but a lot of people are star seeded and they just don't know it or they've always felt like the, the, um, the black sheep in the family, like they didn't belong. And so a lot of these people are starting to get activated, meaning that they were blueprinted with the starseed code, with a galactic code of sorts. And now that there's like a massive awakening taking place, it really is like a, uh, a ripple that echoes through eternity and people are awakening en masse. So more and more people are gonna start recognizing or realizing that they are indeed starseeds. And starseeds are beings who have traveled from an advanced civilization from other star systems such as the Sirius, uh, Pleiades, Orion, Arcturus, Antares, and they're here to help the planet reroute her trajectory into unity, into love, into compassion, into support, into upliftment. And um, so the star seeds are awakening and a lot of when you hear that word, there's almost like a, a resonance there. Wow. Okay. It strikes a chord. How, where have you been, how do you download all of this information and insight? Because this is the first time I've ever heard about this and I already feel like okay. I'm captivated by it. Totally. So um, most of it is in meditation. So in 2011, I had what is termed a spontaneous kundalini awakening. I didn't know what kundalini was. I'm sure you've heard of it though. The word, there's a kundalini yoga. Um, it, it's a popular word it's not necessarily the yoga the yoga actually enables you to open up those channels so that the kundalini can then arise for me i was just really miserable in life i was very depressed like severely so and then i had a roommate back then and i said hey you know i'm gonna try meditating tonight just for the hell of it and see what happens and within five minutes i kid you not madeline my kundalini full-blown like it, it, it awakened full blown and I felt this serpent travel up the travel up my spine and go all the way to my brain and all the way into the cosmos and it was very terrifying terrifying but also very bliss charged and um and then from from there that's when my journey started the kundalini opens up your third eye so it travels from the base of the spine all the way up to the third eye to the crown and it starts to link you into the higher celestial planes um the archangels the extra dimensionals all the higher dimensional beings of love and light who are guiding us at this time and so it is a process people think like you just open your third eye and that's it it's actually not that at all it, it's a process so if you think of your third eye as the door well that door leads to a corridor that has a million infinite door other doorways um, that can take you into different dimensions of thought so it's a process and I'm very devoted to my path um, it does require a lot of dedication a lot of devotion um, you won't see me hanging out a lot because I'm very much isolated in that practice However, I do have like a couple of friends. It's good to blow off some steam sometimes. But the Kundalini has been an, an incredible journey um, of awakening. Can anyone have this happen to them? 
have the anyone this, can anyone. yes and and a lot of people have in other lifetimes or on alternate realities you can call them a parallel universe mostly think of it as like a code that gets turned on or a light switch that gets flicked on when the time is right because some people experience kundalini like i myself included experienced it at 22 years old but it was forced into um in into rising meaning that i at the time i smoked marijuana i tried marijuana i should say and the kundalini prematurely awakened and i was sent into a mental institution because i couldn't handle the energy so it's nothing to fear like it's nothing to be alarmed by but that's why sometimes i'll dissuade people from utilizing um psychedelics and so on because if you have that star seed code in you and you do ayahuasca or whatever and the kundalini awakens full-blown and the energies go off the charts and they shoot through the roof then you might be in for a, a pretty horrific surprise if you will so but it's not horrific in that like it led to where i am now and it shaped me um however when it first awakens we have to make sure that we are anchored into the ground if you're not anchored into the ground then the the energy is going to take you all the way up to the stars all the way up to the center of the milky way galaxy and you won't find your footing so that's why some people end up in psych wards i was one of those people i didn't know what the kundalini was it happened to me um and then I was placed on very heavy medication for five years. And then five years later is when I said to my roommate, hey, I'm going to go try to meditate. And then I was like, hey, I know you. Welcome back. But at the time, I wasn't smoking or anything. So I feel like I was ready for the full activation. Okay. So the Kundalini awakening that happened during the meditation was after you were hospitalized. It was It was five years after. So oh, okay. it took me... I pretty much, you know, being in a mental institution can really send you into a quicksand of like depression, not wanting yeah. to be alive anymore. Like it, it can really mess with you, especially with all the brainwashing that goes on in the hospital. Like they used to tell me you're going to get water disease because I was drinking too much water, like all kinds of crazy things. So it can really brainwash you because you're in a very vulnerable state. And when you're vulnerable, you're easily, I guess, hoodwinked. So for me, it took me five years to rebuild myself. I, I forced myself to go to the gym every day and to start building a structure again. I was on very heavy medication that I hated. I despised it. However, I went through you know the motions and then I guess when my body was ready for it and I felt really balanced within myself, that's when it awakened. And that's when I heard a little whisper in my ear say to me, it's time to get off the meds. Um, and that's when I got off all the meds and I hired a holistic doctor who we meet off the previous medi medication and then brought me into um, more of the holistic path. So now I'm, I'm not taking any medication whatsoever. So it's been this way for, I guess, eight years or so. I am so incredibly inspired by you. <laughs> Thank I, it, you. I really, that's all I can really say. Like when I think about just all that you have moved through and I want to use the term accomplished, but it doesn't really feel like that's the word. It's more like a, it's like you accepted aloud and let unfold because all of this is your truth, period. This is all yeah, what was meant to is. happen for you. And and I know that came with so many. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in a mental institution. And I have had people come in my life, uh, particularly like clients or, or, or people who 
are getting into personal development that say, I'm so scared. Like I've heard from people literally say, mm-hmm. I am so scared that I'm going to be put into a mental institution. And they never yeah. have, but it's just this lingering fear that they are crazy or they're, or maybe it's rooted in not being enough or that their yeah. anxiety is just, their anxiety feels so overpowering that at any minute they're going to be on the edge. And it's never happened, but it could be coming. And it, it could be, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because I talk to people sometimes and you and they're, they're like, you sound so stabilized, you sound so normal, you don't sound like you've been through stuff. But a lot of it is because my, my DNA, like the cells in my body and my mind, everything's been kind of like regraft or like reformulated to where I'm not even the same person anymore. Very much like the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. So I remember the memories. I remember everything that happened to me in detail. However, I don't associate as that anymore. I fully embrace it, which is why I can do that because I've integrated that information. I'm not fighting. I'm not outrunning anything. I'm in full acceptance of everything that's happened to me. But I can say to you that the night that the Kundalini happened, it truly felt like a new consciousness entered my body. It, it, it didn't feel like me. Like I, I grew up wow. being a singer. I grew up being in the music industry, all of this. And when this energy came online, I still had the skill of singing and everything, but I just, that part of me had died. And there is such a thing as a walk-in. A walk-in experience is when a new consciousness swaps with yours. What? And it's an agreement, it's an agreement that was, um, it was it, there are a set of circumstances that were agreed upon before you were even born. So it was pre-planned, pre-birth. And for me, I feel like this is what happened. Um, there was, you know, when you watch like WrestleMania and they're like tag and they, they jump into the thing, into the, the ring, I feel like that's what happened to me. It was like, all right, Phil's out. And now he's, you know, he's prepared the body. He's gotten to know his body. And now we're going to come in and, uh, either merge with his consciousness or replace or, but I feel like they, there was a substitution that took place that night. No question. Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I'm just like raising my hands over here. Like, oh my gosh, it's almost like consciousness <laughs> envy. I'm like, I want to feel what that's like. But also like, well, just yeah. appreciating you for all that you are and all that you've experienced. Thank you. And there are many ways to look at it and which I won't get into right now. But you can say that it's just a higher aspect of myself that emerged. You can say that it is other beings who are now collaborating with me. I don't feel like one being, I feel like a community. (laughs) So it feels there are so many ways. And that's why I encourage people to try to encompass as many perspectives and perceptions as they can. Because if you lock yourself into one belief, you're actually setting yourself up to be entrapped. So I'm a big advocate for like, try to take into account as many perspectives as you can throw them in that laundry basket and fill up that laundry basket with as many perspectives. This way you're relatable. This way you have you can relate to other people, you can feel compassion, and you're not locking yourself into a box of beliefs. So that leads me to another question then. If you have, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm of the same mindset, having many different perspectives and being open, yeah. then also, mm-hmm. do, do you have, do you take really secure stances on certain things in your life where like, this is what I know and this is this is truth, at least for you? Uh, that's a good question. I would, I would say yes. Um, I would venture to say yes just because the the beings that I work with are very big on integrity. So if anything, I'm I take a stance when it comes to integrity. I also take a stance when it comes to free will. Um, I believe that everyone has a free will. So 
everyone should be able to share anything that they please without getting an attack. So for me, a lot of what I share, I'm very much like a mind magician. People think or they try to put me in a box and it's like, nope, I've already teleported out of that. The, the train already left the station because um, we are multidimensional beings. That is who we are. We've forgotten because our memory was swiped and wiped. So we've forgotten that we are quantum beings, but we all are psychic. All of us have extrasensory um, abilities and psychic faculties. It's just a matter of reconnecting to them, remembering everything that we are. And we, we can only do this if we start to embrace all perspectives. Because if you think about it, if I'm embracing your perspective, then I'm jumping into your paradigm. And I'm like, yeah, I totally see how that pertains to you and how that could pertain to, to other people in the world. But yes, I'm big on integrity. So if I'm doing something that's not in harmony with my soul, with integrity, with um, respect, which you know coincides with free will, we want to respect other people's free will, then I will actually invite dissonance into my own being mm, okay yes so i'm big and, and and i do believe that every being represents we're like ambassadors so women or men who love their body if they're a little more voluptuous or a little more curvy they're they represent a certain group of beings who are trying to bring that into the planet i know that sounds crazy but it's like let's say you have a group of um extra terrestrials who are like we want to help humanity expand their consciousness in accepting their body in being bo body positive well then different people in the world will learn how to love their body their curves as they are right they're going to come into full radical acceptance of who they are and through that they start to upload into the entire mind that we all share this belief of we are beautiful as we are so you could say that every being that is on this planet that is inhabiting inhabiting planet earth at this time is a representative of a section in space or of a faction of consciousness you know the god's god's mind is infinite so some people are adept at athleticism and they're supposed to bring in new techniques and other people are adept at meditating and they're kind of like paving the path for other people to then have an easier time meditating and other people have to love their bodies so we all represent these different factions of consciousness i'm big into integrity into free will and being an alien if you like in human disguise is a way of saying i get to be who i am and you don't get to fiddle with my mind you don't get to tamper my dna i get to be who i am Oh, wow. I don't know if you knew yeah. this, but body positivity was my entire message for like four years. And so a wow. lot of people who listen to this podcast are into accepting their bodies, listening to their bodies, learning how to love their bodies and love their curves. So it's like you spoke directly to all of them, like bringing wow. up that out of all the examples you could have chose. Um, yeah, I don't even know why I chose it, oh. but it's obviously it's it's not coincidental. And no. I got I got chills up my spine when you said that. I got goosebumps just because if you've reached a lot of women and men who are body positive, you're all part of a group soul consciousness. Every single one of you, I I'm included in that as well, just because I've had my own struggles with the gym and wanting to look perfect and taking days off and being willing to sit in that spiritual warfare of the angels and demons fighting in my head, telling me, go to the gym, you're going to get fat. And then me going, no, I'm, I refuse to be a slave to you. So I've been part of that movement as well. So you could say that you're, we're all part of this group soul consciousness where, 
um, we're learning how to love ourselves. And then when other people see you or they're around you and they don't love themselves, well, your energy is contagious. So your energy naturally bleeds through into them, into their field. Energy, everything, every word I'm using right now is cute, but it's not about words. Honestly, it's not. You know, it's about it's about the energy that you transmit out when you speak or when you walk or when you hug someone. That's what it's about. It's not about all this other stuff. The words are great. They're a great way to convey messages, to articulate and get your point across. But it's not really the the end and be all. The most important thing is to be aligned, body, mind, soul, to be aligned with your higher self. And when you're aligned as your most authentic self, your most loving self, your highest aspect of who you are, then that energy starts to get broadcast into the entire collective. Meaning you can be home thinking positively and you're still broadcasting. It's like airdrop on your phone, like the cosmic airdrop or Dropbox. And as you're thinking positively, well, that energy starts to reverberate into that entire mind, into that airdrop, which is more available for people at that time mm. or in the future. So we're paving the way. We're trailblazers, you know? I'd like to slow down a little bit around this piece on body image for you, particularly. Mm -hmm. I'm curious mm -hmm. how, because we all know that there are great, wonderful things about moving your body, but definitely for specific people, many specific people due to the need for control and the one, the desire to have this perfect body, the media, all that, we take it too far. And then yeah. maybe we do a whole bunch of work. I know for myself, I've done a whole bunch of work on my life and, and healed a lot of the body image components and pieces and, and started to eat well out of love rather than obligation and looking a certain way. And then through time, you can circle back around. I know I've certainly found myself in moments of feeling really stressed in life because so many pieces are moving or like right now I'm traveling and then my go-to in the past is like all right well then fix my body work on my body and yeah. a key for me has been to learn how to handle the stress and another yeah. thing I've, I've really grown to love in moments like that when my body image flares up is learn how to create something in that moment, whether it be a podcast or a blog post or a poem about body image, like just create, write, draw, do something with the body rather than fix the body, like creating with I the love body. that. I love, that's so beautifully said and that's amazing. And yes, it's definitely a struggle. I'm not, I, I still struggle with it. You know, I have days where I take a day off. It's alleviated a lot just because I've been really adamant about clearing this for like three years. And I actually got a vision as you were speaking that the stress that you feel when you can't get to the gym, if anyone's listening right now, if you can't get to the gym, it's actually not stress. What it is, it's, it's that higher version of you that's trying to merge with you that you're still rejecting. Oh, that's why oh that's God. why that's why when we take a day off from the gym, we feel like more of a, a heaviness in our body. Like, oh, like I feel weird. I need to shake it off. I need to move my body when in fact, no, you need to sit with that energy because that energy is symbolic for that higher version of yourself who's now wanting to merge with you and you keep denying your own light. Mm. So so it's tough because there's so much pain in the collective mind of lack of acceptance, lack of, inad uh, of adequacy, lack of self-worth. So because those energies are still very dense, and just so you know, for everyone who's tuning in right now, when I talk about the collective, the collective mind, think of it as like you and me, all of us, we're all like these pieces of a big jigsaw, and we are cons uh, we constitute the entire mind of God. So when I talk about the collective, it's almost like we're inhabiting a giant mind 
and some of us are in the left hemisphere and some of us are in the right and some of us are like zigzagging around but we're all part together as this we're all part of this together if that makes sense so when when you have uh, a day off from the gym or when you've eaten something that you don't think you should have eaten these are just guilt programs that you're running these programs aren't you they're almost like malware or like a virus which um Think of a virus as an older energy that was part, that was rooted in this lack of self-worth, lack of adequacy, and so on. And this virus doesn't want to be extracted, so it's going to fight you tooth and nail to remain relevant on your world. It's going to mm-hmm. fight you tooth and nail to stay in your mind, to keep feasting and 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 snacking on your energy. Like my so family will love is, me if I change. This person won't want to be with me anymore if I grow and yes. evolve. Oh, okay. And here's the thing most people don't understand because they're, they don't realize they're psychic. So they think that every thought that they have is their own when in fact those thoughts are like fish swimming in the ocean of the collective mind. So they're thoughts that could have originated back to like the 1800s or 1900s. And because they're taking a day off or because they're eating a burger or whatever it is and they're having those negative thoughts, that just means there's a release going on. So rather than shoving it back down and running to the gym and punishing yourself, let that thought pass through and out of you because then you're promoting a clearing for everyone, for the future children, for for the past. This is where it gets really multidimensional um, and I'm not going to go into this too much right now. When you are willing to oppose that negative energy, and to say, nope, I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to love myself. Well, you're actually beaming out this, this laser of love and light to everyone that preceded you as well. So a lot of times when we have an aha moment, that's actually a, someone from 2034 or 2035 sending us love. And we're having an epiphany in that moment. So that's where it gets really crazy. There is no such thing as time. So just to demystify this or simplify it, time doesn't exist. So when you're healing yourself, you're healing all those past traumas um, that people had, that people harbored. And so you're healing them in that moment, except that they received the healing when they were incarnate. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Yes, yes, it makes so, total sense. So like another example would be like when you were 20 years old and you heard that inner voice say, hey, don't go to this party right now. Something bad's going to happen. Like for me, every time I, I park my car, my angels have already told me, please agree that you'll turn your music off because we need you to focus on and not crash your car. Because I, I my car, my parking space has a pole right beside it and it's very close. So um, that's kind of like a forewarning that if I do keep my music on, I'm gonna actually hurt my car. I'm gonna dent it or something. So that could be angels or it could just be my future self that is saying, hey, in another version of reality, you actually hurt your car, you actually got a dent in it, so we wanna prevent that now, so we're gonna ask that you turn your music off. So multidimensionality means that every potential has already happened. Oh my God. Every potential has already happened. So there was a potential where I crashed my car by keeping my music on, and now they're wanting me, they're, they're wanting to reroute me, just like I was talking about earlier with the star seeds, they're wanting to reroute me to go on a positive trajectory. Is this making sense? Yes, so, it so does. There, there, there was a version of Earth that hit a, a brick wall and we all died and we all ended up killing each other and being mean to each other and being envious of each other. There was a version that played out. But we came back, the star seeds, everyone who's like rooted in love, positivity and compassion and 
unconditionality, we came back to send planet Earth on a different trajectory so that she doesn't merge with that potentiality. Mm-hmm. And so one it's of like the it's like ways, taking a left instead of a right. Yeah. So one of the biggest ways we stop this flow is by getting in our own way of saying like I'm weird, I'm unliked, I won't have love if I go down this path, and I'm like like I'm I'm yeah. crazy. I'm on the verge of being put into a psych ward because I'm having these thoughts and these images and these ideas right. like. That is yeah, how we uh, stop this flow. Exactly. And, and that is a very, very accurate perspective. And I would also um, add a layer to that, which is this idea that you're going to be hospitalized has already happened for someone else. And you're picking up on that timeline. It's not really yours. You're psychically tuning into to it happening for other people or happening mm-hmm. to other people. And what you need to do is say, no, I'm gonna look at this and observe this, but I'm not gonna take it on as my own. I'm not gonna soak it up like a sponge. I'm gonna look at it and by observing it and saying, no, I'm gonna choose something different, That's it's very highly unlikely that that would happen because you're choosing something different. Where you put your energy is what's gonna grow. So if you put your energy on eating healthy, you're gonna be healthy if mm-hmm. you put your energy on. But there is, it is a fine line because some people are overly regimened and then that spills over into addiction. So which is why body positivity at this time is so good because you can look good, but really you're not healthy because you're addicted and you have all these different beings that are attached to you that are snacking on your energy because you're addicted to being healthy or to looking a certain way. Mm. So it's a very fine line. Um, We have to find that inner balance from within. And we usually know based on our intuition if we're obeying spirit or if we're disobeying our spirit. And I can tell you, like when my body's tired, I know I shouldn't go to the gym. So if I end up going anyways, I'm disobeying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which 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 invites the potential of me sending myself into that quote unquote hospital again, you know, um, because I'm feeding into that timeline. I'm feeding into that prospect. So if someone says, well, I'm afraid I'm going to end up in a hospital. Well, if you keep entertaining that thought and you really believe it and you take it on as your own, you may, because eventually it's going to have to come to life to show you there's nothing like to to break you. You know, it's kind of like hitting rock bottom and you get so tired that you stop entertaining those thoughts. But so what I would advise is that everyone just observe those thoughts, but don't take them on as your own because your psychic faculties are opening up right now. There's a lot of energy pouring down on earth, which is allowing for this to happen, for this activation, for the third eye to open so that we can start seeing into the unseen. But don't take it on as your own. Observe it, keep it outside of your field, and study it. Because what's being presented here is all the other thoughts that other people have had. Mm-hmm. I you don't have to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the observing. Yes, absolutely. And I lo- I just love the simplicity of begin with observing. Like just don't deny it anymore. Don't mm-hmm. have to necessarily uh, confirm it or go after something new, but just observe it. And I yes. have to tell you this this really brief story is something that happened the other day. I, me and my partner were in San Francisco. We just arrived and we pulled into a parking garage and there were signs around that said like, take your important belongings, blah, blah, blah. And like, we have everything we own in our cars because we're traveling. Mm -hmm. And we parked our cars inside of the parking garage, went out to go eat somewhere. And I said, first thing before even looking at the menu or anything, I said, I have a really bad feeling about right now this place Mm -hmm. blah 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 and he was like well you're tired you're hungry blah blah blah. and I said no I just have a bad Mm -hmm. feeling about this city and especially that parking garage I my dog was in my car and I said I'm just really worried someone is going to break in 
take Ollie, take our stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, don't worry about it. And I kept asking after lunch, can we go back to our cars? Can we go back to our cars? And he's like, no, let's shop. Let's walk around. Okay. So after less than two hours, less than two hours, Mm -hmm. we go back to the parking garage. His car had been broken into out of all the cars Mm -hmm. on that in the entire parking garage. His car was broken into and some of his stuff was stolen. And we were, we were, had our cars in there in less than, like less than two hours. And we dealt with it all. It was crazy. The guy came back to steal the car. We chased him. It was like a wild <laughs> day. But all that said, a couple hours later, he was like, hey, remember that time when you said, um, I have a bad feeling about this city and about that parking garage. He was like, maybe you are a little psychic there. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I felt it. I felt something in that place. Totally. And that's 100% true. It's 100% valid that your your psychic ability, I would say that that was your angelic team whispering in your ear saying like, hey, something bad's going to happen. Um, and, and what's interesting is if you had maybe waited 30 minutes and parked elsewhere, it wouldn't have happened. It's just that there are all these different energies that get pulled together in that moment. It's like these timelines that are converging. So in that moment, you were on a timeline where someone was coming your way. It's kind of like when you're getting ready and your friend's picking you up and they're like, I'm going to be there ETA 15 minutes. And it's like you have to scramble to get ready because you guys are on the same timeline. And so you're having to like jam pack all of that in like your shower and 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 um, getting ready, putting on your makeup. It's kind of like that. So I like to look at the perspectives of like what was going on with that guy before he robbed you guys. Like you guys were on the exact same timeline. And if you had waited like five minutes, you might have like hopped up one step and you wouldn't those timelines wouldn't have ended up converging. Okay, so if we were on the same timeline, you were on the same timeline. So think of the timeline as a street and it's like your friend. It's a very linear um, it's a timeline. It's a line. It's a, it's a horizontal line. So you guys were, it's like, it's no different than if I say to you and your partner, Hey guys, I'm picking you up in 15. And then there's no escaping that. Like we're, we're, we're getting together. We've made an agreement or right. And so at some level, it's kind of crazy, but you guys kind of made a soul agreement with this other guy (laughs) to get robbed. (laughs) I hate to say that, but it's kind of true because maybe for the purpose of you realizing that you are psychic, Maybe mm. that entire thing transpired to affirm and confirm that you do have psychic abilities. And now you know you're not crazy anymore. Well, what's been really fun is ever since yeah. that, and I've kind of been doing this for a while, but um, ever since that, I've been really intentional about whether mm. or not I feel goofy saying it. When I get a hit of something, I say it out loud. And I've been That's wrong right. a lot, but I've been doing it anyways. Like the other day, I was like, I think our friend's here, and they weren't. But like I felt like they were, so I said, I, I'm just going to start saying these things out loud. And then just see how often like it kind of aligns and it does. It's not definitely not something that I'm actively trying to make sure is perfect. But I just thought rather than um, confirming or denying, just speaking it and observing it and saying my thoughts out loud in that way without having any attachment to whether I'm right, like make sure I'm right. It's been really nice. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm going to share a different perspective, which I think is going to be helpful for everyone. What we want to do is start logging out of the right or, or right, uh, sorry, right or wrong mm-hmm. uh, format because right or wrong keeps us in duality. You stating that your friend was there was true, except that maybe their energy had arrived, mm-hmm. but they hadn't physically arrived. So when we start to see things in a quantum fashion, 
everything is true. Like you can say to me, Phil, do demons exist? Yes, they do. You can also say, are demons angels? Yes, they are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're thoughts that you keep rejecting or projecting your own anger onto, and then you call them demons. So there are so many different ways to look at this. Like you could say, Phil, um, I have a bad feeling about this person. They're, they're demonic. And it's like, okay, that that is true from one perspective. Maybe they're like Pigpen in Charlie Brown and they have like a really negative aura. From a different perspective, what is it about them that is triggering you? Now you need to address that because in a way they're helping you in that moment. So there's a demon within you or an enemy within you that you haven't resolved or dissolved yet. So I try to show people there are so many different ways to, to view things. You were right when you said um, – or I should say it was true when you said that they were there. What it was, was you picked up on their energy signature. Okay, I'll give you guys another example. If I, um, if I imagine myself to be at the beach right now, I'm there. My, my, I've astral traveled myself into that environment. So I'm there. Mm. People won't see me physically because we only see 1% visible light spectrum, but I'm there. Mm. That's why That's why sometimes you'll get this hit or like this ping, I need to call my mom right now. I don't know why. That's because she probably just thought of you and she's like, hey, can you come assist me in my kitchen right now? And <laughs> or whatever, like there is no such thing as time or space. So if we start to log out of this concept of duality of right or wrong or good or bad or demon or angel or men or feminine or woman, if we start to step out of that, then we're going to see that everything is happening at the same time. So that person was at your doorstep. You felt them. Um, and so then you can actually go deeper into it and be like, all right, let me pick this apart. Why am I feeling them right now? Um, what are they feeling? And you can start to study and examine these different subtleties, which is what makes me, I feel it, it makes me good at what I do because I take all day long to like go into, I open up those thoughts or those energies and I travel through those tunnels to really study them, which doesn't make me more supernatural. We all have this ability. It's no different than if someone's an acrobat and they really dedicate themselves to it. They're going to master that because their energy and their focus is totally aligned with that particular uh, sport. But for me, this is my sport. My friends make fun of me because they're like, when you go meditate, you act like you're going into a league. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm going into a league of extraterrestrials <laughs> and all this. You should see me before I go to sleep. I'm like, all right, spirit guys, come on. Let's stay conscious while I'm in my dream state. Like, it's truly like a sport for me. <laughs> and it, it's so like the consciousness, it's 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 never ending, right? It's infinite. It's vast. It's, it's so much. It's the part of us that's never changed. It's just is. It's I am. And with yeah. that being so so vast and so like non ah uh, like what's the word like there's the boundaries the borders the it's non-linear it's, it's non-locational non and it's non-linear does that ever feel overwhelming oops sorry touch my mic does that ever feel overwhelming i'm like my hands are like flailing right now um does that <laughs> ever feel so like how do you deal with the intensity of being in all these different places at once and being able to travel in this way and have downloads and uploads and merges and how do you how do you find your own personal grounding in life when there is so much vastness i love that i think it's it's about releasing judgment so um, what I want everyone to know is if ever you feel anxiety or stress or overwhelm, whatever it is that you feel, 
that is your light body getting activated, meaning it is your your Merkaba travel. It's your your ability to time travel, um, remote view. That this is your abilities coming online. But because our ego tends to fight the unknown, it makes us think that we're feeling stressed or anxious when in fact you're just getting activated. <laughs> your light body is coming online. The light body is like your spiritual body, meaning that we have our physical body, and then you have this beautiful aura this beautiful cosmic egg around you and this cosmic egg is like your spaceship that can take you anywhere you can manifest on command you can travel and see what's up with mom over there you can go and travel to the to outer space and speak with different beings so most people think they're anxious stressed and all this no what's happening is their body is stretching their light body is activating all their psychic abilities are returning to them but we are very quick to um, think that something's wrong with us. So we go try to find a prescription or try to find a solution when there's nothing to fix. You are perfect as you are. I want everyone to know you're perfect as you are. What it is, is that you're upgrading your system. That's all that's happening. So for me, I've learned how to go into meditation and really just observe without judgment. So if I'm receiving a negative thought, I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's have an inter interaction with that, with it, without putting it in the wrong, without vilifying it. Like, let's just have a conversation. And then and it shows me something about myself that I couldn't see before. And if you apply yourself and do this like two, three hours a day for seven years, then you get really comfortable with um, receiving thoughts every day because your field is more expansive. So your light body starts to grow more and more. This cosmic egg becomes wider and wider and wider and wider. And then you can hold more information at once. So I don't get um, inundated. I don't feel consumed by it because I'm constantly creating more and more space in my phone, if you will, so I can receive more photos, more videos. Like I can, I, I'm constantly adding uh, to my field, but I'm also stretching my field. I'm expanding my consciousness. So whenever you hear people talk about, let's expand the mind, let's raise our frequency, is just a different way of saying you're broadening your vibratory field, you're broadening your vibrational field so that you can hold more realities at once. So now I can be, I can hold a hundred realities at the same time, but I'm grounded in all that I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to feel, it's not going to pull me up and out of my body and then I'm going to lose my footing. I can really be present with everything because I'm holding it in my body. And that's the thing. Our physical bodies are going through so much reconfiguration right now. So our physical bodies are starting to stretch and expand. We can hold more perspectives. We can hold less judgment. Um, we can be more inclusive, more compassionate, more unified. So uh, by default, we're able to hold more perspective, which when you hear people talk about frequencies, they're just saying you can hold more timelines, more realities, more dimensions. It's all the same thing, really. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. So, so for me, I can walk by, I can walk on a street and receive um, visual imprints from everyone I walk by. But it's not like five years ago where I would feel overwhelmed and have to go home and just like take a chill pill and like relax, you know, like before it was very overwhelming. It has to be because your body can't hold that much. It doesn't have the capacity. It's like a phone. It's like your iPhone or your Android. If it has, if it can only hold 16 gigabytes and then you're at 15.9, it's going to constantly ask you to delete more and delete more and delete more. This is the exact same thing. Like you're going to have to go home and take a breather. 
because it's a lot for your body to handle. But the the more that you start to remove the judgment and you step into your power and you own your truth and you don't let people's energies affect you and you just observe them without judgment and you don't take them on, then you start to stretch your field and it becomes wider and wider and wider. And then we start to move into multidimensionality. That's when we really start to move into those higher layers of consciousness, into those higher ways of thinking and you can hold more. And there is no higher or lower. It just means it's more expansive. Mm. Okay. You become the universe again. You become you become yeah. the universe again. Like, you know? Mm. Oh, it's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So given all of this and given that you are a channel for so much, this mm-hmm. is a two-part question. So one of the things that me and you had to discuss that we wanted to dive into was Twin Flames. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So on one side, I am, I am curious about uh, what is a Twin Flame, but the question that's coming up for me the most because you are a channel is I'm curious how your relationship with partnership and love unfolds because Ooh. you are so sensitive. Um, the merging of your energy with someone else and like giving your time to someone else. How How does that work? What is your point of view on your own love life and partnerships and how does that work with being such a sensitive channel? That is a juicy question. Um, I will say that because I'm really big on integrity and I can pick up on so much, if I go on one date with someone or two dates with someone and I can pick up a wave just like you did with a car, you know, I can feel like "Uh, something's off here. And then I, I usually won't infringe upon their energy field and go in and find out what it is. You know, like I can easily tune into someone and be like, oh, they watch too much porn. That's why I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. You know, I can easily do that. But usually I'll just trust that internal or that initial intuitive knowing and I will step away. Um, It makes it a little more difficult, obviously, because the results are narrowed down. Um, Also, people have to the people I I couple with have to understand that I'm on a very specific path. Um, Most of the time I'm not able to share a bed with someone just because my field is like so vast now that if I'm sleeping beside you, you're in my field. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, which is, it's true for everyone, but they're actually in my cosmic egg. So, so if, if they're having like weird thoughts, I'm going to pick up on that. And then it's not that I'm, um, it's not that I'm intimidated by it or I'm defensive to that or anything. It's just that I don't, I'd rather keep my field clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why, like, even with my sessions, I don't really book a lot in advance. You and I were talking about this before the podcast. I said I like to do things spontaneously on a whim because if someone books me two weeks in advance, I'm already working with them. Mm. So they they get by the time I talk to them, they've gotten 15 sessions. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that's why I tend to not plan a lot in advance. But yes, mm-hmm. with partnership, it can be a little tough um, at times. I do feel like my twin flame is still out there. I can feel their like resonance in my heart, um, something that I'm supposed to wait for or something that I'm supposed to keep sitting with. And with twin flames, people do get a little tied up in this idea that you have to go look for it. The twin flame is an internal journey and most people get um, distracted or they get absorbed into the illusion of the reality that we're in. Everything that you see outside of you is an illusion. It's not real. If if you're you're wanting to call your twin flame because they haven't called you, that's you getting caught in the illusion. It's you going back to sleep spiritually. Your twin flame is an internal path. So whenever people say ask me like what is the twin flame? The best way I can describe it is if you had an actual twin, it'd be really hard for you to be away from them. You know, you guys are telepathic. You guys have been in the same body. You've hatched from the same egg, if you will. 
So I feel like twin flames come into this physicality and they might be, one person might be in a different country and you're in a different city. And then your goal is to find each other because you just can't live without each other. But the more that you try to make it happen externally, meaning that you try to chase something, the less it's likely to happen. So it's going to take a lot longer. But if you focus on your spiritual growth, then it's likely to happen. Mm. It, it, does that make sense? Yes. And so I have a deeper question here about yeah. misconceptions on twin flames. So when I hop on Instagram or I hear from a few people that talk about twin flames, they're like, oh, the twin flame is the love of my life. I'm so glad I found them. We're getting married, blah, blah, blah. But then I have spoken to other people who maybe their message is particularly just about love and twin flames and soulmates and stuff. And they're like, oh, the twin flame is is it's intense it's massive growing it's like the fast track to a higher version of you but you don't marry them like it's too intense generally so you don't mm. end up with your twin flame you generally end up with soulmates so i guess i'm mm. confused on like what which one is what is it with yeah. the twin flames because some people are like i'm madly in love i found my twin flame and then others are like wow that was such a journey i'm so glad i found my twin flame we're forever connected but it's it's not the kind of person that you end up with and i'm just yeah. left confused I, I get it. And and look, uh, going back to multidimensional awareness, we really can't just put a pin on one of them because there are so many mm -hmm. different variations of this. You know, some people might end up with their twin flame. I break it down as like there's a karmic, there's a soulmate and there's a twin. So the karmic would be someone that you have a lot of discord with. You guys can't see eye to eye. There's a lot of like turmoil and turbulence within the relationship you just want to like strangle them oh, yeah. and then but then you learn about yourself and they learn about them and once you guys have kind of cleared that debt like that karmic debt that you've accrued in other lifetimes because it's never new debt it's old debt <laughs> so it could be something that happened to you in your childhood that caused you to put a wall up and not let people into your heart well or it could be that you've always been dependent on someone to pay for you to keep you if you will and so then you would kick and scream every time you have to become independent that would be a karmic relationship and then you eventually learn how to become independent or, or you eventually learn how to see eye to eye and then there's nothing left for you the debt's been paid if that makes sense so you can usually feel in a karmic relationship like there's nothing left to explore like we love each other now we've learned so much through each other and good luck to you Mm, and that, so that's you know, a karmic relationship. I would that's say neither. that. That's a karmic. Okay. Yeah, that would be karmic. Um, but some of those components can actually spill into twin as well. Because I'll, I'll go into soulmates real quick. To me, I love soulmates, um, and I actually have a soulmate in my life right now. I feel like they're like part of your oversoul. Your oversoul is the network of souls that all kind of have a similar mission as you, like the body positivity, and. You guys knew each other in the spiritual realms, in the astral plane, and you guys want to experience life together now. But there's no karma. You love each other. You know each other. It's easy. It's effortless. It's a smooth ride. So I actually have a soulmate in my life right now. I love this person so much. Like, so I've actually tried to convince myself that they are my twin, that they're, that I'm in love with them. I love them, but the love is so 
astronomical, but it's it doesn't necessarily feel like in love. It feels more like I love them like a brother or like a, a, like a soulmate, like a friend, like everything. Like I would actually mm-hmm. take a bullet for them. It's that kind of love. And, and there isn't much contention in the relationship. Like we get along smashingly. We love each other where we have a symbiotic relationship. So that's a great word, symbiotic or symbiotic. Um, soulmates tend to have a symbiotic relationship. They don't need anything from each other, but they can help each other. Like this person has strengths that I don't have. I'm really good in spirituality and seeing like the overview. I may not be as good with like technology and this person assists me. So we have a very um, mutually beneficial relationship, but it's not codependent. Karmic relationships are codependent. Mm. So I need from you. Why weren't you there for me? Why can't you pick me up from the airport? Like what the hell? Why aren't you there for me? You know, and they're down each other's throats when really like figure it out. Like you hold all the answers within. You need to figure that. And usually they do. They figure out how to like drop their expectations or suspend their their beliefs around how it should be, right? Quote unquote should be. And they eventually evolve and expand their consciousness. And they're usually very grateful for the relationship. Now, some people are very hard headed. You know, humans were very stubborn. <laughs> so some people, I know we we're very stubborn. Um, so we tend to to go, no, I'm not going to listen. And then we leave. You can always tell when someone hasn't really learned all the lessons when they walk away from a relationship and they're still complaining about it. That, that means that you did, you did not find the messages in the bottle. Wow. And so now the good news is you don't actually have to re-enter the relationship to learn those lessons. You can actually go back into your memories and be like, okay, I could have done this differently, which I call like an editing. So you're rewriting the story in real time. Um, and you can do this with friends. You can do this with people that you've lost in your life. You can always go back into your memory engrams and ask yourself, how could I have approached this? Could I have extended more gratitude? Could I have bought them a gift? And by entertaining these thoughts, you're rewriting the story, which is super multidimensional, but uh, I won't get into that right now. But yes, you can tell when someone hasn't learned their lesson based off of how they're um, talking about it. If they're complaining, if they're still negative, like, oh, that I, I'm so happy that person's out of my life, it still holds a very spiteful, hostile energy, and that means they didn't learn their lesson. And I'm assuming that sometimes if your if your lesson has not been learned yet, yeah. there's a combination of you doing the work to think about what was the lesson, what could you have done differently, or just yeah. knowing like sometimes like I know there's a relationship I was in where it, the lesson that I learned was don't abandon myself. And mm, it wasn't about I anything that. I could have done for him necessarily, but it was more like never again am I going to abandon my truth for someone else. And That's beautiful. We, yeah, it was it was very hard because he had a whole secret family, didn't even know about it. We were together on and off for a year. And there was just so mm. much anger and pain. And there was this moment like I guess six or seven months later where I – let this lesson really sink in. And so my my assumption here is that sometimes it's also just time. Like the lesson is unfolding as it may and it's with time maybe. Yes, it's it's very, I love that you just said that because it's akin to people feeling stressed or anxious. They're receiving energies that haven't yet unraveled. So their ego is going into fight or flight mode. Oh, ah, yeah. I don't want to receive this stress. I don't. But the thing is, this energy is like a red carpet. <laughs> so <laughs> it comes, 
it has to kind of unroll. So, so, and that can take time. And it all is, I guess, contingent upon how much you can handle. So if you have a super open heart, then you can learn the lesson in a day or the energy can unroll like a red carpet in a day. But if you're still holding trauma within your body, like abandonment or all these limiting beliefs and stuff. Um, and I heard you talk about limiting beliefs in a podcast. I just thought I'd mention that. But uh, if you have all these limiting beliefs, then of course, it's it's only going to trickle in as much as you allow for it to. Mm. It's only going to trickle in. So then it's like a red carpet that has to gradually um, unravel. Mm. So I, I would say we were talking about, um, oh, the abandonment is a huge topic for people because in a karmic relationship or any relationship, even twin flame, sometimes we like have all these presumptions that people are going to do for us that they should do this or they should do that. We have all these high expectations. And every time we get mad at them or agitated with them, we're abandoning ourselves. Instead, we need to point ourselves inwardly. And that's what I do for people is I point them back in all the time. So if a client says to me, Phil, is my twin flame or is my soulmate going to contact me in a month? I'm like, I'm not telling you. (laughs) Like, sorry, not telling you because what is being triggered in you right now that's needing your love? Is it an issue of abandonment? Is it an, an issue of being inadequate? Is it an issue of rejection or neglect? We need to address that because, again, the twin flame. So the twin flame to me is like the higher self. As humans who are third dimensional, meaning that we're very in ego, like a lot of us humans are still very wrapped in our ego or our ego still very much wrapped around us. Our journey is an ascension. So if you've heard the word ascension, it means that we've descended from the higher self, from source, from God, and to then reascend and find out what it's like to become God again. Oh, that was a cool visual. I just like, yeah, right. It's like, (laughs) it's, it's, we're making our descent. And as we descend into density, we forget who we are because we're moving into dense fields. Um, very much like when you're around family and you start to forget how amazing you are, (laughs) except that multiply that by a hundred times. Um, so we make our descent and then we reascend to the remembrance that we are divine. That we are whole, that we are perfect. There was never anything wrong with us. We just got caught in a game of illusion, of programming, of fear, of duality, of anger, of upset. That's not who we are. Who we are is we love each other. Yeah. We love each other. We're all one. And ascension really just moves that you're starting to shift yourself back into unification from separation. So think of the the planet or think of the ego as being dualistic. It's separate. I'm better than you. You're better than me. I'm skinnier than you. You're you're skinnier than me. It's a competition. It's rooted in separation. So the ego does that. It divides. It's a divisive device. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so then the twin flame to me is like the personification of your true higher self, of you, of the highest aspect of who you are. So we need to re-spiral up and merge with our twin flame, with our higher self. Wow. But the thing is, all right, let's just let's just give an example. All right. Let's say you and I are together. I'm gay, but so that's not possible. All right. So (laughs) let's just say that you and I are together. Yeah. We're twin flames. Okay. It's usually going to be a very arduous journey because If you get lost in the game of duality and separation, I'm going to push you away or I'm going to pull away because I'm your reminder that I'm inside of you. I'm your higher self. Okay. 
you're going so okay you're going to pull away i'm gonna oh, so if you try to control me oh yeah you're getting lost in the game okay. it's not a control control is is rooted it tethers back to separation so if you try to control me manipulate me i'm gonna pull away from you because my twin flame i'm your twin flame so really, I'm the personification of your higher self. Wow. And your your higher self, I'm, I'm getting all of this right now too. That's why I don't prepare anything <laughs> because I get mind blown by my own downloads. They're not even mine. It's just information <laughs> that's streaming through. So this is all coming to me now. I call it catching butterflies. I'm, I'm getting downloads. So um, the butterfly is that if I'm your twin flame, then I'm inside of you, meaning like metaphorically, you have to find me by journeying within you it's a voyage so you have to go on this inward journey to ascend back into the higher self which is love not controlling not manipulating not trying to get your way and then if you do that then we're actually merging so you actually can end up together but because so many people are still caught in the density and in judgment why weren't you here for me blah blah, blah like i need you um that's why they're not coming into union with their twin flame. I finally get it. Like I, I, can, <laughs> I can now see why both of those different sides of what the twin flame is, is one because, oh my God, it like, it makes so much sense now because like one, like I understand that the twin flame relationship often includes a lot of triggers. Like you're triggering each yes. other's fears. And now I can see why is because whenever you are doing some of that um, those old stale patterns of control or need to or the ego trying to create division that that doesn't work for the highest self so it says no exactly. no no and so that no 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 receiving that from whoever your twin flame is can be so disheartening I guess is the word or so triggering so to say yeah. that you can just end up walking away because like it's just it's so much it's so it's, much work it's so to intense. ascend together and, and and I would say that the difference this just came to me now the difference that that um the distinction between karmic and twin flame because a lot of the same attributes will be found in either dynamic the difference is that karmics are usually very unconscious so their light quotient hasn't been raised enough yet Twin flames are very balanced, meaning they've already awakened. That's why they're using the word twin flame. They've already awakened. They're aware of when they spill milk, you know, when they 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 have little slip ups and stuff. So they're aware. They're they're awakened. But um, so they're wanting to go through that path of remerging with their higher self. Whereas the karmic is just looking for escapism. They're looking for. Um, overly like reliance or overly depending on someone so that's where they differ a little bit the twin flame wants to be on a spiritual path they want to become the best greatest version of who they are the karmic just wants someone to put a band-aid on it or to give them like a spiritual tylenol and mask the pain for them so it usually will um bleed through as a codependent relationship the twin flame oh this is another download i just got your twin flame the reason why twin flames can't come together physically right away is because they each represent a different collective. So if you represent the collective of body positivity, for instance, I'm sure you represent many collectives, and I represent a different collective, and these two collectives have had like galactic wars in the past for control, they were vying for control or domination. Well, those two humans are linked to those collectives. So they're not allowed to come together until the karma between those galactic energies get resolved. Oh. 
So what just came to me now is the the two people have galactic karma, meaning that they represent, let's say, the Syrians, which is a star system, uh, a group of beings, and then the other twin flame might be a representative for the Orion, and Orion and Sirius have had galactic wars for many eons, and the twin flames are actually promoting a consensus, I guess, or promoting a... Um, a meld or a clearing that is taking place at a, at a galactic level and they're doing it in physical form. So they're not just one individual. They represent a whole galactic family of beings. Okay. Which is why, which is yes. why they sometimes they'll have to, they'll, they'll, it'll take time for them to come together because it's not just two people. It's actually two <laughs> galactic groups that are trying to come to an agreement. Oh my God. Oh, and oh. this is something else I'm getting right now. So, your true twin flame transcends time and space. Mm. So you guys will usually be telepathically connected just like I am with mine. I haven't met them yet, but I'm connected with them telepathically, psychically, intuitively. I can feel them in my being. Your twin flame can actually work through other people that you're going to be in relationships with to open up your heart. So sometimes people will think I've met my twin flame because the intimacy, the electricity is insane in the bedroom. No, what it is is that your true twin flame that hasn't found you yet is using this person as a channel to open up your heart more so that you can be prepared for your true twin flame. Oh my God. So your yes. true twin flame can actually work through other people. So from that viewpoint, you can say that every stranger in the world is your twin flame. Or your twin flame, better yet, is working through every stranger to help you come into more unity within yourself, to help you let go of separation from within yourself so that you can move into your higher self aspect, which means that you're moving closer to meeting your true twin flame. And what's really amazing as well, like people listening <laughs> yeah. to this right now, let's say that they're married and they have a feeling they're not married to their twin flame. Their twin flame is still doing all of that work, even whenever they are, you know, they've made this commitment to another person. They're still having yeah. the effects. They're still having the yes. benefits of a twin flame relationship because it's being reflected in the current relationship they have right now. It can be. It can be. Um, also, the the soulmate, it's all about choice and preference. So you know how I was talking about this other person who's in my life right now who's like a soulmate. If I made a decision to be with them and to fully commit to them right now, that's not a bad choice. It's just going to lead to a different experience. Now, because we are multidimensional and we are infinite and we are, you know, limitless beings, this lifetime is only two seconds. <laughs> like we, it's not the end game. Um, there is no end. There's no beginning. Like you said earlier, it's all happening at the same time. So my choice to be with them would be a valid one. It doesn't make it bad. Remember, we're getting out of duality. It just means I'm choosing a different experience mm -hmm. this lifetime. Um, but usually people will feel that gravitational pull or that like that beating in their heart, like, nope, don't commit because in this lifetime, you're supposed to be with a twin, twin flame. So we don't want you to catch out just yet. So if someone's in a soulmate relationship and they're loving every bit of it, that's amazing. There's nothing wrong. It's actually beautiful because maybe your souls, because again, the soulmates are going to be from the same soul group. Maybe your souls have become incarnate in this reality to bring forward this art exhibit together. And they're going to handle the financial side and you're going to handle the art side. And you guys are coming together to, to give life to this thing. 
Mm-hmm. And the, and the thing is bigger than both of you, if that makes sense. Like it, there are so many ways to look at this. The soulmate can be a great companion. You can go for ice cream together. You can love each other. You can have a very invigorating sex life. So it's just about preference. What are you wanting in this life? Are you yeah. wanting to experience like the full on, like for me, if I'm with a soulmate or twin flame, doesn't matter because I've already found my higher self. So I can give that to me. I can give uh, that to myself. Yeah. I don't need someone to give that to me. But there's some little like whisper in my ear that's like, no, we want you to experience it in physicality as well. So it's just a matter of like following that internal instru- instruction manual or that internal GPS and um, following what's right for you. And it's so empowering. It's so empowering to know that the kind of energy you're giving to yourself or you're learning yeah. how to give it to yourself for those who haven't quite gotten to that point in their journey of ascension. Like that's still something mm-hmm. that's you're actively continuously learning and growing into. And each relationship yeah. provides a beautiful opportunity to learn more about yourself. Yes, I, totally. I would say to people, don't get too affixed to the labels, twin flame, soulmate, karmic. Focus on how you're feeling. Like, are you feeling joyful? Are you feeling energetic? Are you feeling vital? If you're feeling vital, then great. Like, don't question what you're doing. People get really tied up in the in the labels, and that's a huge trap as well, by the way. It can actually keep you in the reincarnational wheel um, because if you put too much stock in, I've met my twin flame, I'm sure about this, or I haven't met my twin flame, and I'm going to keep looking for them you're going back to sleep spiritually again the twin flame is an internal journey it's an internal there are no words in the spirit world there's light there's sound there's frequency there are no words so i would say let's throw all the labels in the trash bin it's fine i mean obviously we have to employ words to get points across or to convey messages so it's needed right now however don't get too hung up on one way because there are infinite ways mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and it's what well, something I find really interesting and I'm I you know, there's no like you said there's no duality. I have mm-hmm. a feeling, like a very very strong gut feeling that um my first partner, my first real boyfriend that was like on and off for so many years. Like I've never experienced a connection with someone like I did with him and we both mm-hmm. like we're both of the mind that we're each other's twin flames. And we're actively yeah. choosing we don't want to be together in that way. Like we mm. we maybe we're not though maybe like we're not but my boyfriend right now things feel easier smoother and it's like really delicious love and I'm actually choosing like Mm -hmm. this is what I want and my previous partner who I've been considering having on the show for us to have a conversation around this would it be spicy I think that'd be really fun it'd be super spicy super spicy (laughs) um that's what our mindset is is that like we think that there's just some sort of really insane connection like being able to read each other's thoughts and it's overpowering and it's just been a wild journey but we also know like that's not this isn't that's not what we really want you know so it's interesting and maybe like you said the labels just need to go out the window and maybe like there is no twin flame relationship with that person just from everything i've understood it feels yeah something just came to me now and yes definitely with the twin flame it's going to be an unshakable energy like so with your ex if you're not able to shake that off it's usually indicative that they are your twin flame um definitely The, the where we want to move into within our consciousness is not having a past anymore and future anymore. Meaning like I call it being a dot. So 
just focus on what your soul needs in this now moment. So right now, if your relationship is delicious and it's yummy and all of this, you're focusing on what your soul needs. So which means that there's obviously something in it for you and something in it for him. It may be healing. It may be this. And everything is a different season, right? So if you're feeling abandoned, then you might attract someone who can provide love and and reassurance and safety, which is really good for your soul. Mm-hmm. And when we can, we, we're here to do this together, right? You can obviously give that to yourself, but humans are here to like kind of help fast track that process. So we're here to coexist amongst each other. Um, I would say right now, if you love where you are, then that's beautiful. The other thing I want to mention, looping back around to saying that there is no duality, because you mentioned there is no duality. Going back to like encompassing perspective, that is true. There's no duality, but there is duality. So there is no no duality from the unity neutrality standpoint. If I was to take you to the ethers or to the spirit world, duality doesn't exist over there. Everything is one. However, in this incarnation, duality does exist. So the, the best approach is to look at every perspective and say, okay, duality exists from this viewpoint, but it doesn't from that viewpoint. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And like so another thing I talk about is the yeah. feminine and the masculine. You talk about that as well because mm-hmm. that is duality. Yep. Sun and the moon. Like we have the yin and the yang, but there's also yeah. not duality. Yeah. Exactly. I like someone – Yesterday, someone said to me, are you, is there any chance that you might be gender fluid? And I really like the word gender fluid as opposed to bi, but they were like, are you gender fluid? I said, no, I'm 100% gay. And um, this girl was like, "Mm, are you sure? Because it's all energy. I'm like, yep, I'm pretty sure that in this physical experience, I'm gay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's, but the thing is, as beings, we're starting to become calibrated, meaning that we're starting to become integrated. We're embodying the masculine charge and the feminine charge, the electric and magnetic, which compose the electromagnetic. We're starting to um, really embrace both. And you'll always, you're going to start to notice when someone isn't as balanced because they're overly alpha and then they're not able to receive like a gift or they're like a little too domineering. That's that points to an imbalance within them. Um, Or you might find that someone is too much of a pushover. I know for me, I was bullied a lot of my life. So I was a a bit of a pushover. That's too much of the feminine, like too passive. We have to find like that fine, delicate, divine balance of like, nope, I'm not going to take crap from anyone. I'm going to stand up for myself. And at the same time, I'm going to keep my heart wide open and soft. So it's it. This is the journey. It's a journey of mastery of coming into full complete balance within ourselves which can take lifetimes but it's not about a a destination it's really about the journey it's a marathon oh my gosh so rich so rich I (laughs) i love that this okay this conversation is just probably one of my favorites i've had in a long time this is we've covered so many different avenues and you're a wealth of knowledge and i love like all these different moments where like i'm getting i'm getting i'm getting something something's coming right now it's in the moment (laughs) This is my third, my third podcast to be exact. And they say like three is the lucky, what's the saying? Three is the lucky number. I have to say I've had such an amazing time with you and I'm really happy with this co-creation. Like I probably, I, I would venture to say this is my best podcast yet. And again, that's a dualistic thing to say because there is no best or worse. However, from that third dimensional viewpoint, I, I, I've i had such an amazing time with you. Oh my God, that just made me feel so good. Like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I feel the exact same way that this is definitely one of the best interviews I've done. And it just, yeah, I'm going to be listening to this over and over and over again. 
honestly. And I never wow, listen to my own podcast, but I'm going to have to listen to this one again. Um, <laughs> but before we head off, I do want to ask yes. you a couple divine sure. deep dive questions. It's basically quick fire, but not because they're like sometimes you got to think about them. But um, yeah. are you game for that? I am game. Okay. Divine deep dive round. <laughs> what do you want to be praised for more than anything? I would have to say for my categorically for my discipline, dedication and devotion to the path of helping the collective mm -hmm. by really serving my higher self. So by, by coming into union with my higher self, which is every one of us, we're all connected as one. Um, I want to be praised for that. I want to be praised for not being someone who takes this lightly. I do in the sense that we have to have fun in life and be playful, which I do. By the way, I go to the arcades. I, I play bowling. I have sweet potato fries. <laughs> um, like I'm all about that. But I think mainly for my dedication to this path and never getting complacent in that, I'm an apprentice and I, I, I will be continue to be a student the rest of my life. What is one must-read book? So I have to say I'm not an avid reader. I've always been more of a meditator, and I love listening to podcasts and stuff. Um, one of the ones that really struck out when I first started Awakening was the Celestine, Celestine Prophecy because it really breaks down how people um, suck each other's energy undeliberately you know, uh, unconsciously. And it, it's a, a book that dates back to like the 90s, but it was very ahead of its time. So the Celestine Prophecy, which is one of the few books I've read, really um, okay. jumps out at me. Yeah. What is one word that you absolutely love to use? Hmm. That's a great question. I would have to say... Merlin. <laughs> Merlin, who's my main guide, who's the the wizard, the sorcerer. I love using that word. Every time I say the word Merlin, I get an instant activation. Oh, um, an instant activation within my being. As far as like speaking with people or more like on a human level, uh, I love the word. Um, I love the word interdimensional for some reason. It just makes me happy. So interdimensional. <laughs> What is your sun sign? Virgo. Virgo. What's your moon yeah. sign? It's the, I'm not too versed in this, but is the moon sign the rise? No, is that different than the rising? It's different. It's like you're, the, there's rising sun and moon. So moon is like I the think, emotional. would moon be Mercury? No, moon's no. also a sign like Virgo. It's also a sign. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gotta, too sure. I know. Find that out. I got to find that Super out. The rising. I know, me too. I'm really, I'm going to get on Google after this. Um, the rising is Sagittarius. Okay, that, okay, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a moon Sagittarius and rising I'm Virgo, so. That's oh, wow. Yeah. But sun, I'm nice. Leo. I'm like a lion. Wow, love that, love that. Okay, one more question and yes. I'm going to ask, which one am I going to ask? Okay, what is your spirit animal? I will have to say the cobra. Love that. Yeah, and the cobra is like that no nonsense, don't mess with me kind of thing. Um, I love snakes. I work with them all the time. Um, also could be tied into like my kundalini, which is the kundalini is the inner serpent. Also dragons, so cobras and dragons. Mm. Oh, so good. I love that. Like I just got these <laughs> images like 
Oh, yeah. And I, I love, I don't know too much about serpent medicine, but I know it's yeah. a lot to do with the, the divine feminine as well. And wh- whenever you said yeah. that you felt the serpent go up your spine and open your kundalini, like, oh, it makes you feel something just hearing that. Totally. And the, and the, I know I was just supposed to choose one, but like the, the dragon and cobra are very, very much, um, I would say they're very much affiliated in that, like when the kundalini, sorry, kundalini rises, you're riding your inner dragon. It's the inner dragon that that can take you on a magical journey to the astral realm. So the dragon to me is very much like the kundalini as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Bill, thank you so, so much again for coming on the podcast, the Mind, Body, Musing show. You are a rock star. You are amazing. I'm so grateful for all your insight. And I know that like so many people are going to be rushing to work with you in some way. So thank you again. You're so welcome. And thank you for having me. I'm so appreciative. And I send you infinite love, light, and blessings.